Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. Remember when auto insurance reform passed in Lansing and we were all anticipating serious drops in our premiums? Yeah, that was a long time ago. And frankly, most of us are still waiting to see how these reforms will even benefit us. Today, we're going to talk about why the auto insurance reform isn't delivering for so many Michigan drivers and whether we need another legislative pass at the issue to improve things. That's what we're doing next on The Trade Today. But first, the news from NPR. Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. The good news is now that we're more than two years into Michigan's new auto insurance law, rates are actually down, and they're down somewhat significantly. A new analysis from University of Michigan Poverty Solutions says rates have fallen by nearly 20% since 2019. Now for the bad news. Those rates are still the highest in the entire country. And the racial disparities that existed before the reforms, the really huge gaps between what people in the city of Detroit pay, for instance, and what people in the suburbs pay, those gaps have stuck around. So I think it's worth asking, has this reform, has this law been a success overall? Or has it been a failure? Maybe it's a bit of both. Or maybe it's really too early to make a permanent judgment, a serious judgment about what these reforms will do. That is where we begin the conversation today. And we really want to hear from you, the listeners, about this question. Call and tell us what's different about your auto insurance since these reforms in 2019. Have you seen your rates fall? Have you made different choices about the kind of coverage that you want on your car and as a result are paying less? Also, give me a call and tell me what you think about these refunds from the catastrophic fund that is supposed to be there to help people with long-term care after auto accidents. We're gonna pay out big parts of that to drivers, $400 per car um, uh, for each driver. Is that a good thing? Or should we be hanging on to that money for what it was intended for. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. And I want to welcome our guest for this conversation. 
Amanda Nothaft is Senior Data and Evaluation Manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's also co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. Amanda Nothaft, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. So uh, this big news this week about auto insurance is that we're going to be getting this $400 refund check from the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association for a registered and insured vehicle. We're going to talk more about that news later in the hour with MLive reporter Lauren Gibbons, but I want to get your reaction to that announcement. It, I think it's great. I mean, everyone's going to be happy. We're getting $400 back. Um, but I do have some concerns um, that catastrophic care fund is there to help people or to pay for care for people who have who need long term care because of severe injuries and auto accidents. And right now we've we've been hearing about all of these long term care providers who provide care for these accident victims going out of business. And so my concern is we had a $5 billion sur surplus in that fund. Mm -hmm. When we give this $400 back to everyone, are we keeping enough in that, in that surplus or enough of that surplus to make sure that these long-term care providers can stay in business? And like that, so it's a balance, you know, we have this big surplus. Yeah, drivers should probably get some of that back um, because rates haven't fallen like we expected. And part of the reason the surplus is there is because the rates haven't fallen. Um, but at the same time, we don't want people who were injured prior to reform to not get the care that they need. So I, I do want to talk about the reforms themselves, what they were supposed to do and what they have done. But before we get to that, I really want to talk about how we got into this situation in the first place. As I said in the open, we have some of the highest auto insurance rates in the whole country. How did mm -hmm. that happen? How did Michigan get itself into that bind? Well, first of all, we were the only state in the country that had that required everyone to carry unlimited personal injury protection, which meant that if you were injured in a car accident, your auto insurer would pay for unlimited care to um, for those injuries that you incurred in the accident. Um, most states, you know, the most states have much lower limits. So, having the insurers kind of pay out indefinitely um, and with no cap on that um, drives up rates. Mm -hmm. um, another reason is that there were no caps on the fees that health providers could charge the auto insurance companies. Um, so there was absolutely no cost containment on these fees that could be paid out in perpetuity. Um, so those two things together were driving up rates because the auto insurers had to, you know, make accommodations for 
these costs. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up where we are mm -hmm. or where we were. Um, the new reform um, has eliminated, eliminated that need for unlimited um, per personal injury protection or PIP. Um, and so people can get in, and there's different levels of PIP that you can get. Um, the lowest that you can get is 250,000 now. Um, so if you're electing that, that's the biggest cut you're going to see in your rates. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk then about the things that you believe have gotten better because of the, the reforms. What things um, are, are improved across the board? And talk not just about cost, but also talk about the access question that we had in a large, large way here in the city of Detroit. So many people who were choosing not to get insurance uh, because it was so expensive and were driving illegally, really, getting themselves into, into some trouble. In, in many instances, uh, what effects have we seen on all of these different dimensions of, of auto insurance since 2019? So um, prior to reform, um, the rates in general for Michigan, the average rate was about 3,100. So it's fallen 20% down to about 2,500. Um, in Detroit, we've seen a similar 20% drop from 6,300, um, which clearly is completely unaffordable, mm -hmm. um, down to about 5,100, which still is extremely unaffordable and, you know, about twice as what the statewide average is. Mm -hmm. So while the, or the costs have declined in the city of Detroit, they're still just out of reach for, you know, the average person. Um, it puts a severe constraint on people's budgets. And have we seen more people sign up for auto insurance in places like Detroit because of this? I mean, uh, that was one of the goals was to give more people an option. And, and if you reduce your coverage, of course, you can get even lower, I guess, than that new number. Are, are we seeing fewer uninsured drivers yet as a result of the reforms? We don't know that. Um, the data's not quite there. Um, the, you know, the auto insurance companies probably know, but that information, we, Poverty Solutions, didn't have access to that data. Um, we should hope that more people are insured. Um, but the reform is also taking, also kind of went into effect concurrently with COVID, and that's changed a lot of driving behavior. Also, mm -hmm. uh, when we when we talk about the difference in cost, you talked about that twenty percent reduction. Some people are able to achieve a, a larger reduction by giving up that coverage, right? We didn't used to have that yeah. choice. Yeah, and I mean, and some of some of that decline is because of people electing lower levels of coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's, 
I, I realize that some people see um, pluses and minuses of, you know, there's a lot of good that comes out of the unlimited PIP if you're injured. Um, but is that unlimited PIP necessary? Um, should auto insurers be health insurers is kind of a big question. Um, and, you know, most in most states, auto insurers are not health insurers. Um, you know, once you run out of your PIP benefits, health insurers take over and we, you know, we don't hear that this is a horrible thing. Um, this is not making headlines that, you know, people who are injured in auto insurance or in auto accidents in other states are not getting the care that they need. Yeah. I'm talking with Amanda Nothaft, who is Senior Data and Evaluation Manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's also co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. We're talking about these huge reforms that we experienced here in Michigan in 2019 and what the effect of them has been on rates, on access, on all of the different dimensions uh, of the discussion about uh, auto insurance here in the state of Michigan, which before these reforms was among the highest in the nation. Uh, we we want to hear from you during this conversation, especially how much are you paying for your car insurance right now? Is it affordable for you? Is it more affordable now than it was in 2019? Uh, and have you changed your coverage uh, since 2019? Have you reduced your coverage uh, in the way that was that this reform permitted in order to pay less? How do you feel about that trade-off, the idea that you might not be as supported or protected in the case of a really awful auto accident uh, that, that causes major long-term injuries? Uh, do you think the savings are worth the risk that you've assumed uh, to get those savings. Also give us a call and let us know what you think about taking part of this huge fund, $5 billion fund for catastrophic claims and using at least a part of it to pay out some refunds to Michigan drivers, $400 per registered and insured vehicle. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll include you in the show that way. Before we get to our listeners, Amanda, and we've already got a lot of people uh, ringing the phones, no, no shock there. Everybody really has a lot of opinions about insurance. Um, but I, I want to ask you one last question about the, the, how we're thinking about the reforms. Is it too early to be passing too much judgment on what we did and what effect it's going to have? And is it too early to be thinking of changes, tweaks we might make to the reform? Should we give the market a chance to really react to these reforms and all of the things that are that are happening before we go back into it and, and make another try? I mean, yes, there there's a certain degree that the actuarial models could adjust some more as insurers have more experience within the state. Um, however, you know, a lot of the insurers in the state insure in other states. And 
so their experience in other states should be informing their models. Um, new insurers will enter the market. Um, there are a lot of insurers who did not insure in the state of Michigan because of the unlimited PIP. However, we also can see experience in other states and see what other states did in reforming their no-fault laws and see that maybe there were better ways to do this. Um, we're also seeing this problem with the long-term care providers going out of business, which calls into question, did we cap fees in the right way? Um, and so there are things that we could tweak. Um, there's a good chance that part of the reason why rates haven't fallen so much is because that minimum PIP coverage is so high compared to any other state. Mm -hmm. New Jersey, that's the maximum level of PIP you can get. Um, the highest minimum of any state is 50,000 in New York State, which is also New York State's maximum. Um, so that gives you a sense. I mean, our minimum is five times any other state's minimum. Um, so that gives you a sense of how high our minimum is and how low it could possibly go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to phone calls and social media comments from the listeners. Michelle in Detroit, uh, Vanetta in Detroit, Chris in Berkeley, Gretchen in Gross Point. You'll be up first. If you want to join them on the phones, 313-577-1019 is the number. Again, 313-577-1019. We will also get to some of our social media comments about auto insurance and continue talking about whether we have achieved something of significance with the 2019 reforms or whether we still need to go back and rethink the way we do auto insurance in the state of Michigan. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour today about auto insurance premiums here in the state of Michigan. They were supposed to fall significantly after reforms in the legislature in 2019. They have for some people, they haven't so much for others. The question is why and whether we ought to go back into the legislative process to think about better ways to reduce what were some of the highest rates in the whole country uh, before those reforms. Our guest is Amanda Nothaft. She is a Senior Data and Evaluation Manager at Poverty Solutions at the University of Michigan. She's co-author of a new policy brief titled Building on Michigan's Auto Insurance Reform Law. We want to hear from you about what your experience has been with insurance here in Michigan since 2019, uh, how much are you paying for your car insurance? Is it affordable for you? Is it more affordable than it was uh, in 2019? Um, also, what do you think 
uh, of these $400 rebates that we are going to get out of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims uh, Fund, uh, $400 per registered and insured vehicle. But that means that money won't be available to help people who've been badly injured in auto accidents and need long-term care. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation that way. Let's start today with Vanetta in Detroit. Vanetta, welcome to the show. Are you there, Vanetta? Yeah, oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry, I muted it. Yeah, Hello? okay, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 Stephen. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Amanda. Listen, um, I just want to make a real quick point that, at least for me, the personal injury protection um, that I'm not paying anymore is because I have health insurance, and my health insurance my health insurance provider has to has to sign a certificate that says that I, my deductible is at least $6,000 a year and that they will carry the cost of the uh, auto insurance injuries um, for so that my, my auto insurance doesn't have to carry it. So it's not an automatic um, dis, um, discount or an automatic reduction of fees for your auto insurance. It's only if you have health, at least in my case, it's only if I have health insurance. Yeah. And this year, my health insurance is is sky high. It's like $700 a month. So wow. I'm opting not to have health insurance, but I can't, or can I, because that means I'll have to pay for the PIP in my own insurance. Right. So it's, it's, it's still a debacle, and it's still outrageous. Vanetta, I'm really glad you called and, and shared that scenario with our listeners, because I, there are a lot of people in the same in the same position, and I'm not sure that everybody is always thinking that way when they opt for less coverage on their auto insurance. Amanda, I wonder if you can talk about the the balance or tension, I guess, between opting for a lower coverage, lower level of coverage on the auto side, but then needing to beef up your medical insurance if you if you don't have that same kind of coverage there. Yeah, you're only allowed to opt out of the unlimited if you have, you know, health insurance that will cover with, you know, this $6,000 deductible. Um, I, I'm guessing that we're not sure what is going to happen with health insurance premiums. Health insurance premiums have been sky high for years and getting higher, you know, year by year. Um and it is kind of, you know, is it six of one and a half dozen of the other? Um, you know, do you opt out of the unlimited PIP and is your health insurance rising? Is that why your health insurance is rising or is your health insurance rising just out of the natural increase that we see in health insurance rates? Um, it's probably, you know, who is going to do a better job at covering the costs of injuries in terms of, you know, working with providers to make sure you're getting the care you should get? Mm -hmm. Probably a health insurer. Auto insurers are not health insurers. They don't have the same relationships with providers. They don't have the same sort of knowledge of the health system. Um, and so in some ways we're shifting, it is some cost shifting, 
Um, our, the health insurance companies probably are not all that happy about this, um, but it's the more appropriate insurer for um, injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vanetta, again, really glad that you called uh, and shared that perspective with us. It's a really important part of thinking through what you do after these reforms, uh, after these reforms took hold. Uh, let's go next to Chris in Berkeley. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Hey, thanks for everything you do with the program. Really sure. um, love, love the show. Um, just wanted to kind of inject a little bit of my own personal disappointment uh, with the fact that we really don't have the opportunity to defer our payments directly to folks that uh, you mentioned, like the folks that have lost uh, pay payments for home health care or long-term care and rehabilitation. I, I mean, it, it seems like a huge missed opportunity from leadership to to be able to, you know, allow folks to do that if they want to, to do, say, say we want to opt out of receiving this payment so that other people can get care mm. and, you know, continued care. And I just, I think that that kind of disappointed me when there wasn't oh. a motion to do that. Chris, Chris, would you do that? Would you forego that absolutely. for Absolutely. I would absolutely, without a doubt, because I mean, just recognizing like that $400 in from a lot of people going to those individuals will have so much more of an impact than it's going to have on my personal life. Yeah. So yeah. that's just, yeah, it's a no brainer for me. Chris, that's a really, that's a really interesting idea. And, and, and it's not something I've heard anyone else bring up. Uh, Amanda, no, should, should we be giving people the option of waiving that so that uh, we don't deplete that fund as much as they have decided to? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know how common it would be for people to forego that four hundred dollars. Um, the economist in me is very cynical um, of <laughs> of that. Um, and, and I'll why I'll admit, tell, tell me why. Um, it's we're all a little selfish, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And we're not really good about thinking of the. Um, collective or thinking beyond good. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, for the greater good. I I can't think of any examples of what's going on in the world right now that's showing us um, <laughs> that this is the case. It's Christmas um, time, though, and maybe <laughs> maybe the spirit might move some people. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the legislature are, it's actually, you know, the governor and the catastrophic care, fu care fund, you know, they have you know, they're paying this out of a surplus um, and they're not paying all of the surplus. I, so the hope is that what they're holding back of that surplus will cover the costs of care. Um, some of the problem with the, you know, why these long-term providers are going out of business, this is not the insurers. Um, you know, the catastrophic care for and long-term care recipients are getting paid out of the catastrophic care fund, not by the insurers. Um, and these are only people who have, you know, medical costs in excess of about $600,000. Um, kind of the problem and why these, these providers are going out of business is the way that fees were capped mm -hmm. in in the law, um, 
while we have part of the fees are at 200% of the Medicare schedule, which is similar to a lot of other states in the workers' compensation system, but the the fees not on the fee schedule were just capped at 50 to 75% of what they were in July, 2019. Um, and I hope that someone on the legislative hill in the state looked at whether this was a reasonable level. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't, you know, we don't know. Um, this wasn't a super transparent process. Right. Um, you know, other states have looked at, you know, they are, they try to aim to get at the true cost of care. Um, you know, New Jersey looks at a regional schedule based on prevailing fees and 75 of mm -hmm. uh, 75% of what the prevailing fees are in the region. Um, Pennsylvania similar similarly they're at they're limited to 80% of providers usually usual and customary fees. Um, you know New Jersey also allows providers and insurers to um, arbitrate when there's a conflict and we haven't allowed that and you know allowing long-term care providers to arbitrate with the insurers or the catastrophic care fund about what these costs actually are to them would probably solve the problem of these providers going out of business and yeah. people losing their care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, Chris really appreciate the call and the really thoughtful approach to this $400 uh, refund that, that, that you've come up with there. Let's go to Michelle in Detroit, Michelle. What's on your mind? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Good morning. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, my question is about, you know, just hearing about how Detroiters have proportionally overpaid for insurance. Having a flat refund of $400 a person, is that fair to Detroiters? And also, um, is it based on who's got insurance today or who did over the, the past? Yeah, great questions, Michelle. Um, uh, Amanda, let's let's start with this question of how the fund accumulated five billion dollars in the first place. Who pays into it, and whether there are differences, you know, among among uh, drivers based on where they where they live and what their rates are in terms of how much they've contributed to to this fund. Maybe that should have something to do with uh, how much people are getting back. Yeah. Um, when you buy unlimited PIP and, you know, historically, um, a set amount of what you're paying your insurance company goes into that fund. And so people aren't paying proportionally based on what their insurance rate is. It's just a flat fee. And I, so I think that's the logic behind why everyone's getting the same amount back. Um, mm -hmm. Is it fair? I, I don't know. Um, you know, why, I think understanding why rates are higher in Detroit versus the rest of the state is, you know, I think that's the unfair part hmm. of, of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and who's eligible for the $400? Uh, Michelle's asking whether it's people who have insurance now or who have had insurance. What if you had insurance up until... 
October 31st and dropped it for some reason, would you, would you be eligible for this 400 hours? I don't know. In, in the, you know, press release and things that I've read about the rebate, they don't really address that detail. Um, it seems like it should go to anyone who had insurance in a set time period, um, you know, the last five years, um, you know, since the surplus was accumulated. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Amanda Nothaft, it was really great to have you here with us for this conversation. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about auto insurance. We're going to talk with uh, Lauren Gibbons of MLive, who's been covering this issue in Lansing for a really long time. We also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Call and tell us about your auto insurance experience here in Michigan. Is it better than it was in 2019? Is it worse? I've heard a lot of people talk about how they feel like they're paying more. Call and tell us what that is about. Also, tell us what you think of this $400 rebate from the Catastrophic Claims Fund. you think it's a good idea? Are you going to relish in that $400? Or do you think that is putting too many other people at risk? We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET is your connection to what's happening in Detroit. WDET is your place for open dialogue about the issues that impact you. Stay in the know. This is WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking today about auto insurance, auto insurance here in the state of Michigan, which, of course, uh, is one of the big issues uh, and has been for a really long time in terms of the amount that we pay uh, versus other states. In 2019, the legislature took a whack at reducing those rates, trying to reorder the way that we deal with auto insurance to make it a little cheaper, to make it a little easier for people to get that auto insurance. We want to hear from you this hour about your experiences since 2019. Uh, Have your rates gone down? Have you been able to get insurance when you didn't feel like you could afford it before? Um, Also, give us a call and tell us if you haven't seen any change in your auto insurance or if you have experienced an increase in uh, your overall cost. Uh, We would love to hear about those stories as well. We're also talking about this $400 refund on auto insurance payments that will come out of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Fund. Is that a good idea? Is that a good way to get some relief to drivers? Or is it putting at risk the people who rely on that fund 
for long-term care when they're involved in really serious accidents. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there, and we can try to include you in the show that way. I want to welcome another voice to this conversation as well. Lauren Gibbons is a reporter who covers Michigan politics and policy for MLive. She has been all over this insurance issue for quite some time. Lauren, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me this morning. Yeah. So um, remind people what this Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association Fund is and its role in the bigger issue uh, of auto insurance reform. Yeah, so essentially this uh, this association, this fund is something that uh, drivers have, histor- insured drivers have historically paid into uh, for personal injury protection. So if somebody gets in a catastrophic accident, um, this fund is available um, for them. And since the big change in 2019, drivers have been able to opt out of that unlimited coverage option. But this still remains as a uh, as an option for people if they choose to uh, pick that unlimited personal injury protection. This fund is still there um, and, and they would still pay into it uh, if, if they you know, were to get in a major car accident. Um, that's what these resources are. And there was a, a surplus. Um, the governor asked for refunds to be issued speedily. And uh, recently the MCCA announced that uh, we'd be getting $400 uh, per vehicle um, back sometime next year. And talk about the trade-off that is, I guess, represented by that refund. It's $400 for each registered and insured car, but it, it will deplete that fund by some, by some percentage. Is that a risk that, I guess, uh, makes sense to everybody involved, or is this something that, that uh, a lot of people might push back against and say, this isn't worth it? Yeah, so this is a this has been a really interesting issue, particularly because um, some of the reforms that were passed in 2019 involved uh, involved medical care costs and how much providers could charge. And uh, there's been a lot of criticism of that piece of the policy. A lot of uh, the catastrophically injured are saying it's making it harder for them to find care. Uh, the providers are also concerned that they're not able to stay in business, some of them. And so so that has been an ongoing conversation uh, underneath this announcement of the $400 per vehicle. I should also say uh, per vehicle or insured motorcycle. I've been getting a lot of questions about that. Um, so motorcycles count too. Um, so the MCCA says that this is not going to affect its bottom line, that people will still be able uh, to access this. Um, but, you know, it's it's uh, kind of hard to say long term. There's still uh, so much that is new about this policy that we don't know um, the long term impacts. So, um, you know, they're saying that this refund should be fine for drivers based on uh, the number of drivers who qualify for this. Um, but but yeah, I guess uh, there's still a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. 
That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Dan in Oxford. Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, yes. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, what? Yes. Uh, the reason that we have no fault is that the insurance company wanted to get the state of Michigan out of the insurance business. And in the early 70s, uh, a number of people did not have insurance. They couldn't afford it. Same as today. Hmm. But what happened was the state sold PLPD to everyone that wanted it for $35 a year. Right. And the state was making millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so the insurance company, noticing that their pocketbook was getting thinner and thinner, <laughs> decided that, hey, let's come up with a plan. And that's when NOFAR got started. But since the beginning of that, the insurance companies has, in my opinion, uh, taken over uh, the running of this uh, of the process is when you first started, you got four hundred dollars if somebody destroyed your car. If you had PLPD, if you were stopped at a red light and somebody ran into it, uh, the court said, "Hey, you got to give them something for their vehicle," yeah. and that was four hundred dollars. Now that four hundred dollars was about two thousand twenty five hundred dollars in value in today's dollars. But uh, that didn't change for approximately 30 years. Yeah. So, so, so Dan, I really appreciate the, the call and the history there. And, uh, Lauren, this is something that we have been not just arguing about since the 1970s, but really trying to think through, I think, uh, why we do things the way we do in Michigan, what effect it has on drivers, and who, I guess, is going to make make the money. Um, uh, did the 2019 reforms do enough to, I guess, restrain insurance company profits in, in a way that would benefit drivers? I think that's some of what um, what Dan is getting at there is, is that insurance companies, of course, do very well off of our premiums and all the other things. Uh, was that one of the things that we fixed or tried to fix in 2019? You know, I think uh, I think overall, um, it, based on the data that we've seen, um, it's, it's somewhat limited. But based on the data that we've seen, is that car uh, insurance costs have gone down in Michigan um, across the board, but they they remain high compared to the rest of the country. Uh, one other thing, as as we talk about insurance providers and the costs. Um, it's starting to change a little bit. People are starting to use cars more again, but we also saw um, a dip in with the stay home order. Uh, there was a lot of changes in driver activity, and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, experts and critics out there who would say, "Hey, you know, drivers should be getting back more money because they weren't using their cars as much." Now the insurance companies would make a different argument, um, but it's kind of a it kind of remains to be seen. I think um, it's it's still a pretty new policy, so there's still not a whole ton of data out there. But you know, uh, the insurance companies have overall largely been supportive of the changes and have been supportive of, uh, you know, lawmakers' reluctance to go back and change despite 
calls from medical providers and catastrophically injured to, you know, make tweaks to some parts of this policy. Yeah. Uh, again, Dan, really appreciate the call uh, and the really thoughtful history exposition uh, of the way that we got into this, uh, this condition. Let's go to Tom in Waterford. Tom, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Okay, then. Uh, I got in an accident in August of 20, and uh, I had just become a Medicare recipient two months prior, so I was still on the unlimited, and I still am, by the way, but uh, due to this experience, I'm kind of hesitant to change. Hmm. But uh, this accident was, in my mind, relatively minor. I kind of decided to go to the hospital. My head was all covered with blood, but uh, it just was from four tiny cuts in my head from the glass uh, of the window that went across my face and head. But anyways, uh, so I went to the hospital and being that my Medicare is my provider, they processed the billings, which came out to be about, they would uh, pay for about 385, but they mentioned that, uh, uh, the insurance in is the auto insurance, whatever you have in, uh, listed for your auto insurance covers in Michigan, mm -hmm. which is unlimited. So, uh, they didn't have to pay anything, but, uh, I, I asked the provider, I mean, my insurance auto insurance provider, uh, how much, cause I was had quite a few communications to do to the many billings and, uh, all the services I received was a, a scan of my head and neck and, uh, the four stitches and, I think I saw one doctor, he, he kind of just came in the room, really didn't look at me too close, but the billings came out to a total of $8,500. Hmm. And, uh, this came, uh, this kind of speaks to what the previous person said that the auto insurance people are not health providers. So, um, it kind of lends more weight to, uh, health services to, Increased billings, which have been yeah. the way billings from have been going for quite a long time now, and it's just getting yeah. ridiculous to have to walk into a hospital. You know, you have no idea how many thousands it's going to cost you just for having done that. Right. You know, without any services. You know, I mean, you kind of wonder. Sure. From all Tom, the stories, even that from various episodes from your show, I've heard horror stories yeah. from other. Right, people Tom. I, I I really love that you called and shared this story because again. The, the, the tension between uh, the idea of auto insurance covering medical costs or medical insurance covering medical costs as a result of auto injuries is one of the things that we're really struggling with. And, and there is that kind of murky gray area that I think some people fall into and they can't figure out how to get uh, reimbursed. Lauren Gibbons, uh, talk about whether legislators are even thinking about going back into this law and maybe tweaking it a bit to to be able to to clear up some of that gray so that people like Tom don't find themselves in these kind of situations. Yeah, and to, just to speak to that a little bit, you know, it has been pretty confusing for people. I mean, we've we've been under this new policy, but I I still hear from people all the time who are still pretty confused about what their auto insurance covers, what their medical insurance covers. It's, it's a pretty confusing topic. Um, so in terms of legislative activity, um, it, legislative leadership, who we're all pretty 
uh, heavily involved. Uh, House Speaker Wentworth was one of the main people on the 2019 uh, auto insurance issue. They've been pretty hesitant to go back in and make changes. There's maybe been some minor technical tweaks here and there. But in terms of what you know, a lot of people are asking for, specifically some of these uh, uh, proposed changes to the medical uh, system and the medical costs for auto-related injuries, uh, that has not, not seen much movement, although there have been lawmakers who've introduced bills to that effect. I've been pushing for that, but so far haven't seen that much interest in changing this uh, at this point. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Gretchen in Gross Point. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Are you there, Gretchen? Oh, I think we lost Gretchen. Okay, let's uh, go to Dana in Detroit. Dana, welcome to the show. Hi. I just wanted to bring up an experience that I've had with um, there's an issue, a documentation that's deemed acceptable by auto insurance. Uh, to reduce or drop your PIP coverage. Mm -hmm. So my employer provided a letter noting that my deductible is $6,000 or less and that I'm covered in the event of an auto accident. But the auto insurance company wouldn't accept the letter. Instead, mm -hmm. they required that I get a letter on my health insurer's letterhead. But my health insurer wouldn't provide a letter on their letterhead. They gave me a copy of a generic letter on my employer's letterhead. Huh. So I felt like I was really chasing my tail, and I ended up switching insurers and got a lower rate, but they're still charging me for PIP for the very same reason. Wow, wow. Uh, Dana, again, really interesting kind of uh, uh, confusion, I guess, or, or uh, lack of clarity around the question of how all of this is supposed to work. And, and there are a lot of people, I think, who are, are still in that, uh, in that, in that situation. Um, Lauren, we've only got about a, a minute left in the show, but, but I want to give you a chance to talk about what you think is next. I mean, this is not an issue that's going away. People are going to get this $400. They'll, they'll like that, I assume. But the, these questions aren't resolved. And I, is it something that, that you think eventually uh, the, the legislature and the governor will have to revisit. Yeah, it's certainly not resolved at this point. Uh, you're still hearing pretty sustained criticism, although, you know, I think uh, this $400, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, to, uh, hard to turn your nose at. It's a pretty big number uh, for people who've been paying, uh, paying pretty high auto insurance rates. But yes, I do think that at some point, uh, either you know, the legislature and the governor's office will have to look at it um, or, you know, they'll have to take the criticism from people who maybe I haven't seen as much uh, lowered rates as they hoped when uh, this policy was initially signed into law. So I think regardless, we're still going to be talking about auto insurance in 2022 and beyond. Okay. Lauren Gibbons of MLive. Really great to have you here for this conversation on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay, that is going to do it for us this week. Come back on Monday when Congressman Andy Levin is gonna join the program to talk about the U.S. House passage of the Protecting Our Democracy Act, which would rein in executive powers in the federal government. We'll also talk about what Congress should do to address America's gun violence epidemic. 
This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday.